Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, March 30th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, on Thursday tonight, I have been talking about the fact that I got tickets to go see the great Ellery Ward performing at the Dr. Yeah, Phillips Center for Performing exciting. Arts. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh, she had oh, to unfortunately cancel no. uh, her performances in Atlanta and Orlando this week because she got sick. Uh, and no. it's hard to sing uh, and do a, con- a solo concert when you don't have a voice. So unfortunately, that has... No, not ideal. That has been pushed to June. But what's very interesting about this is she is going to be in Orlando at the Dr. Phillips Center. And one of the... There's three theaters at the Dr. Phillips Center at the exact same time as Into the Woods. So I will be seeing Into the Woods on Ooh. Tuesday night. Ellery Ward on Thursday night and then Into the Woods again on Sunday. So lots of Sondheim that week. And what's even better about it is the second time I see Into the Woods that week will be the Sunday afternoon performance with the Tony Awards that night when Into the Woods and presumably Sweeney Todd will both be up for a bunch of Tonys. So it'll be a very, very Sondheim heavy week for me. And honestly, I could only think of you when I got that rescheduling. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I was going to say that's a deeply relatable week for me. Sondheim every every week is that heavily Sondheim. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, nonetheless, Ellery is still heading out on the rest of her tour. She is going all the way across the country to do shows, multiple shows, three shows at the Pasadena Playhouse as part of their Sondheim intensive year. She will also be uh, at Feinstein's at the Nico in San Francisco, going up to like, I think Seattle or Washington State and other other things. So if you want to hear more about that, head back a few episodes in the podcast feed and hear my interview with her. Of course, if you want to hear all of our interviews before you can hear them anywhere else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, Ashley, there's not a whole lot to talk about today. It's a pretty, pretty slow <laughs> yeah, news very day. Very light. Very light on the news. But I guess when you have all of these shows getting ready to ramp up, it's not ideal to drop oh, a bunch God. of news at this time yeah. because it can get lost. But we do have some things uh, that we wanted to get into. First, we have a couple of musicals that we've been talking about either for a long time or very recently that announced they would be making out-of-town tryout performances coming up next season. The first is one that I feel like we've been talking about for like five or six years, and this is the new musical adaptation of The Preacher's Wife that is being written by Titus Burgess. It'll be a part of the Alliance Theater in Atlanta's 55th season. They announced their entire season yesterday. It'll include... Um, productions of Fat Ham, of English. They're going to do a co-production Ooh. on a new opera with the Atlanta Opera based on Stephen King's iconic thriller, The Shining. Of course, Stephen King's one venture into musical theater, along with John Mellencamp, uh, the Ghost Brothers of Darkland County, had its its world premiere at the Alliance Theater. I saw it there. Um, they have a bunch of other things going on, a, an updated version of their classic Christmas Carol that they've done many, many times. But the season will wrap up with The Preacher's Wife. That will feature a book by Titus Burgess and Ozzie Dungy and music and lyrics by Burgess. It is a gospel-infused adaptation of the film of the same name. No word on uh, on if Titus will be involved on stage, but he's been really pushing this thing for many, many years. I feel like we've talked about this quite a bit. 
I think so, but I don't remember the last time that we actually talked about it. So it had completely slipped my mind. Um, I'm not terribly familiar with the film or either films because I think it's yes. uh, Bishop's Wife and the Preacher's Wife there. And yes. it's this is all based on that. Um, but everything that Titus is in or does is always pretty damn great so it's exciting to see this coming to fruition finally yeah i i think we actually this was before you i I think it must have been james and i talked about it back in october of 2018 talking about the fact that the musical was getting broadway buzz that was on the same episode that we talked about let's see what else do we talk about here um uh anything exciting uh, oh, Jagged Little Pill was getting a developmental developmental lab in December. So that's how long oh, ago great. this yeah. episode was. <laughs> so that has been going on for quite a while. Excited that we'll finally have an opportunity to make it to this stage. Also, excellent in general, uh, talking about their full season. Uh, it's really exciting, especially with Fat Ham coming to Broadway in the coming well, it's already starting. I mean, it's previews, here, yeah. But about, yeah um, but about to open, to already see it making... Uh, you know, having other productions out of town. Like, it's such a great piece that I'm glad that it's expanding so quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And along with, like, Sanaz Tusi's English, which yeah, uh, had such a great off-Broadway run. So excited about that. Of course, we'll have the complete uh, season announcement in the show notes if you want to check that out. Now, going from one pretty major regional theater hub to probably the biggest major regional theater hub outside of New York, of course, and that is Chicago, where the Goodman Theater announced its 2023-2024 season. Again, have all of the information in there. There's a new play actually written by Emmy winner Dana Delaney called Highway Patrol that's going to be a part of that. Um, There will be, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. But the thing that is most top of mind is a new musical that we actually talked about on Monday's episode. Grace and I did is called Female Troubles, a period piece. Ah, yeah. This is the one that Bonnie Milligan and Ariana DeBose uh, did a music video for that was released, uh, I think, last Friday. And we talked about it on Monday's episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely iconic. This is written by two time Emmy winner Curtis Moore. He wrote the music, two time Tony nominee Amanda Green wrote the lyrics, and Emmy winner Gabrielle Allen and Jennifer Crittenden have written the book. It follows an unmarried and pregnant Eleanor Benton and Dabney, her maid, as Eleanor faces social ruin. Uh, She is unmarried and pregnant, and with a group of friends in tow, Eleanor takes a humored-filled carriage ride to London, where she hopes infamous midwife Madame Restel will help her with her, quote, female troubles. Uh, This will be running... Uh, June 25th through August 4th of 2024. Uh, so another one, great cast, or I mean, a, a great group of creatives. Yeah, we don't know who's going to be in so. that cast. I would mm-hmm. be surprised if Bonnie Milligan and Ariana DeBose did this. They're a little uh, busy. Yeah, they're, <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, this is a year and a half from or a year plus year from now, but still, uh, who knows? Uh, but exciting to see shows by really talented creators having an opportunity to get their legs under them before hopefully making it to New York. Yes, please. Also, I think this is another one that's been in development for a long time, as we just talked about Titus's. So, again, exciting to see something come to fruition this quickly. Or not even quickly, but finally. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, all right, let's uh, turn our attention back to New York City. And yesterday, the Vineyard Theater announced the cast and design team for the world premiere of This Land Was Made, a new play written by Tori Sampson, who you might remember from uh, If Pretty Hurts, Ugly, uh, Ugly Must Be a Motherfucker. And mm. um, it is being directed by Taylor Reynolds. That show is uh, going to be, pre- be beginning performances on May 18th ahead of a June 4th opening. The cast will feature Antoinette Crow Legacy, Leland F- uh, Fowler, Matthew Griffin, Sean Patrick Higgins, uh, Yasha Jackson, Ezra Knight, Julian Elijah Martinez, Kurt Morley, and Oliver Palmer. There will be additional casting announced in the future. Uh, this world premiere is set in Oakland in 1967 and is a powder keg of social activism ready to boil over into radical action. For the patrons of Miss Trish's Bar, it's all just talking points until the explosive and seductive force of the revolution walks through the door. History and imagination mm. collide with vibrant humor and echo into our present moment in this stirring new play. We've talked about this before. Anything that the vineyard does is probably pretty excellent. So, um, (laughs) especially with the directing and writing backgrounds of Samson and Reynolds, this one certainly should be one to be uh, keeping an eye out for. All right. I mentioned this, I think with uh, maybe James on yesterday's show, but I've already seen Titanic. I saw it in its original run. I'm going to try to see it. Finally, you, after many reschedules, seeing it next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Well, I'm going to try to see it again when I'm in town in May, just because they've got a five o'clock show and I can fit it in. But yesterday they announced a very special uh, benefit experience, a one night only concert. It's called All Aboard. It is being dubbed as a queer extravaganza. It will benefit the ACLU's Drag Defense Fund. It'll happen on the stage, on the set of Titanic at the Daryl Roth Theater on Monday, April 24th at 7 p.m. Tickets start at $75. It has a fantastic lineup of folks who will be a part of it, including Rosé, Lauren Allred, Alexis Michelle, Jackie Cox, Olivia Lux. I don't know who all of these people are, but I think they are all uh, RuPaul's Drag Race people. A heterosexual. Yes. yes well, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Like, I know some of them. Like, I know who uh, Jackie Cox is, Alexis Michelle. Nice. Um, Mar- nice. Marty, Marty Cummings will also yeah. be there. Um, uh, Ryan Redman from Bring It On and Frozen fame. So lots of, of really great stuff. And right now when there are literally over 400 pieces of anti-LGBTA, LGBTQIA plus legislation in -hmm. state legislators across the country just in this year, uh, being able to support the ACLU and its Drag Defense Fund really seems like a great way to spend 75 bucks and an evening with some great entertainment. Absolutely. One of many fundraisers going on right now for ACLU's Drug Defense Fund. So if you can find one or just donate in general to them, we clearly need your help. Um, great lineup, especially since a lot of them are, or, you know, m- uh, several of them are of Drag Race fame, including Marsha, 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 who is on the current season of Drag Race. So that will certainly help get people out. Um, what a I mean, great cause to go to anyway, though. It sounds so much fun. I hope I can make it as well. Yeah. I mean, if the recent record-setting grosses at Chicago have shown us anything, it is that Drag Race fans show yes, up. Of so course. that is a very good thing. 
Uh, all right, last thing in this section. Yesterday was announced that Tony Award winner from the original cast of Pippin, John Rubenstein, will be playing President Dwight D. Eisenhower in a new one-person play, Eisenhower, colon, This Piece of Ground. It is a new play written by Richard Hellinson and directed by Peter <laughs> Ellenstein. Why are you laughing? Without, look- without looking at what the title was going to be, I ex- entirely expected after the colon to just be a musical. <laughs> <laughs> Eisenhower colon a, a the musical. musical. Yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't wasn't that essentially the premise of the prom? Like the the starting off of the uh, of the prom. Uh, yeah. Truly, oh no. That, yeah. Who what? It, who it was it? It was Roosevelt. But oh, Eleanor. okay. Eleanor Roosevelt. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I knew I knew it was the first lady of somebody before my time, but I couldn't remember. Exactly. Her. Anyway, yeah. uh, the show is going to have uh, a, a world premiere production in Los Angeles, and then it'll come to New York City's Saint Cl- Theater at Saint Clements, starting at June thirteenth. Starting on June thirteenth, uh, and it'll play through July thirtieth. Uh, opening night will be June twentieth. John Rubenstein, um, one of the best. Always good to see him back on stage. All right. Yesterday, James and I talked about Actors' Equity kind of getting into some fairly public contract negotiation. They announced a new contract with Lort, and they are also putting the screws mm-hmm. to the Broadway yeah. League for some increases in touring. Yesterday, we got some more news from the Actors' Equity Association, and apparently the union has approved the launch of a political action committee. It has created a separate organization aside from AEA, and it is a new committee intended to promote the political interests of the union's 51,000 members of both, obviously, professional theater actors and stage managers. The formation of the group comes in response to a resolution that passed at Equities Convention last fall, which was then made into policy by the union's National Council in February. While the committee's board will consist of union leaders and staff, it will be an independent entity from the union itself. I'm sure that has to be done for all types of legal and financial reasons. Voluntary donations from equity members will fund the group, which will in turn be able to donate money to candidates in federal elections. There's one of the reasons why no dues or other union funds will be used as money for the political action group. So, um, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to like we have seen so many attacks on uh, like the National Endowment for the Arts and and different types of things around the country. But then also so that's like that's the very obvious thing that we've seen throughout the years. But whether it was the stage uh, save our stage bill and laws and all those things that came to be like there is a lot that needs to be done in terms of making sure that the priorities of keeping arts organizations front and center when these types of decisions are made um, happens. And these, as we've talked about many, many times before, they don't get lost in the fold, which is so, so easy in a normal political environment, let alone whatever the hell this is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, there needs to be a stronger voice. And if the union can't do it on its own and they think they need to have a pack, Let's go. Interestingly enough, this this was announced the same day that Playbill put out a really fascinating article. And it's something that this is a question that I get from my family all the time. Like literally when we go see a show because we've got family tickets, you know, a season subscription with a bunch of people from my family. I get this this question multiple times a year. How much do theater actors make? And Playbill, Logan Caldwell Block uh, has a great rundown based off of. Um, publicly available union contracts, standard union contracts that run through all of the different ways that Broadway actors, you know, get paid and stage managers for that, uh, for that matter, 
talking about like what the base pay is, what they get paid extra for if they're doing, um, you know, if they're swinging, if they're a dance captain, right. if they are understudying, all these different things, different bonuses that they get if they do a a one year rider. Then also goes into like how much the base pay for a stage manager is. Um, it's gone up since the last thing I heard. Actors Equity used to make yep. these public and used to put it on their website. Uh, they stopped doing that in the past yeah. six seven years, but. These are still out there for different contractual reasons. Yeah, and I think it's at least required to be on casting notices, which are very easily accessible on any casting platform, preferably (laughs) Backstage.com. Uh, yeah, because especially with the new laws in New York, you have to be able to provide the salary for any job happening in, yep. in the state of New York. Obviously, because theater actors do not are not guaranteed a year of employment. The, they are broken down by how much money they make a week. And just for kicks and giggles, the current minimum salary for an equity performer on Broadway is $2,439 a week. That is pretty healthy. But what Logan says in the article is that you have to figure out, obviously there's always taxes. That is true no matter what, what type of industry that you work in. But a lot of artists also have to pay agents and managers. There are union dues um, and those kind of things. So even if somebody's making that twenty six hundred dollars uh, a week, which comes out if they are employed year, you know for an entire year, you know to one hundred twenty six thousand dollars, which is very nice. Living in New York is very expensive. You have to pay a portion of say, that to agents yeah, and managers. Absolutely. You have to pay union dues. So yes. All things considered, that is a very good salary, better than a lot of people make in New York City or anywhere. But it's not necessarily like you're living high or or becoming a gazillionaire based off of that alone. Again, they can make more depending on what's going on um, and all that stuff. And this is just for Broadway. This is not the same exact contract that you would get for touring or for being an equity actor no, working include, regionally as well. because there's several variations of touring as well. Exactly. So I very interesting. I, I'm glad to know this. I, I did not know what the, the new base was. Obviously, it goes up. Um, quite a bit. These figures were valid as of December 19th of 2022 and are scheduled to remain in place through September 25th of this year, after which most of the rates will increase slightly based off of, you know, cost of living and annual increases and stuff like that. All right. Um, Ashley, are, have you gotten all of your Sweeney Todd thoughts out of you? Do you have any more things you want to discuss? <laughs> literally, literally never. Okay. It was pretty great. <laughs> Okay. That's kind of that's how I'm feeling on the matter. Um what Shock. I will yeah, what I will say about Sweeney and I haven't actually talked about it a lot publicly. I've pretty much told everybody that's come in contact with me that they have <laughs> to go see it. Um but the one thing that has really stood out to me and the negative list as I have said uh, privately and on social have, is incredibly short because I think it's a phenomenal production. The one thing that's really stood out to me is how exceptional the sound design is. That is a theater where it is very easy to get swallowed up. It's an extremely large stage and that actually has it, – it's a smaller issue for me is that I – I was in Orchestra O, I think, mm-hmm. and even being there, uh, everything felt very far away. But as far as the sound design goes and having that large orchestra on that large stage in that theater, you hear every track. And that is obviously a score. 
it's a score that you want to hear every track of. I there are very few times where I even lost the actors. I think the the one that I lost the most actually was Anna Lee, who's doing the best performance on that yeah. stage. So that's very unfortunate. And we were still in previews too, so things will obviously yeah. improve. Well, and- even the New York Times review, I think, talked about the fact that like Anna Lee and uh, Jordan Fisher seem to be under amplified at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Grace I- said she had some issues yeah. with the sound as well. So uh, that's I interesting say- that you had a better experience. I will say about Jordan, and I think Jordan did a very good job, was also very clearly sick when I saw yeah, he him. Missed, he, he did uh, miss Yeah, he was a, missing a date, performances. So yeah. And yeah, he missed performances, and I saw him maybe three or four days after that. Um, and you could tell his lower range, there was some strain going on there. So one, sick, and also I think could probably use a little bit more power. Um, Annalie, I just lost mic, her mic a few times. But mm. overall, I mean, that is, you're not missing much. I cannot wait for the cast album. I hope it's as beautifully produced <laughs> as what the show actually is. Um, and go see it if you can, because it's, I, I cannot stress how much and how hard I cried when the, that Shocking. score started at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I've got tickets for, effectively seven weeks from now so i am counting down the days it's when i have the chance to see it good as you should be yep all right everybody that's all that we have for today thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt i will have a blue check mark until saturday so uh, oh, come, wow. come follow me before i lose my verification uh, Your the only thing that like <laughs> anyone has ever given a crap about me like said hey you're special that's it that's the only thing i'm about to lose it thanks to me that's Milan deeply us. sad it is deeply uh, sad where can people find you you can find me on instagram unverified eternally at no this is ashley all right everybody have a wonderful thursday we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow 